Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 23 of Genesis chapter 6. And we're continuing to read verse... 16. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. In the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. In our last study, we spent a little time discussing the door, and we saw that the door is a figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll I'll read the plain statement of the Bible in John 10, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. It was repeated in verse 9 of John chapter 10. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Christ is the essence of the door because salvation is through him. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the doorway to heaven. And and he's the word of God. That's why the Bible speaks of a, a door of faith. It, the, the Bible ministers the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word of God, the Bible, it, and, and Christ is the word made flesh. The word Christ is the door that granted entry to certain ones, only to God's elect predestinated to receive it from before the foundation of the world. Only those that God chose. And and then the history of the world was really the outworking of God's salvation program as he, he found all those individuals that were named in the Lamb's Book of Life. He brought his word to them because it requires hearing the word in, in order to Enter into heaven, you have to go through the door. The Bible, the word of God is the door. And, and so God brought the door, the pathway, the, the gate to the hearers of the word at various times throughout the history of the world. They heard because the Lord also opened up their ears to hear. They became saved and entered in and Immediately upon the moment of salvation, they were translated in a sense. They were lifted up to the heavens to be seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. And in a figure, Christ speaks of this in John 1. They, they were as angels ascending and then descending upon the Son of Man. 
again, uh, as it were, they were then sent back to the earth to minister to others the pathway, to minister the door, because the Bible likens the people of God to doorkeepers, as we are lowly messengers, servants of the God of the Bible, we carried the word. We carried the door with us. And as we shared it faithfully and truthfully, an opening was ministered through the declaration of the Bible. And at times, this ministering of the open door, it depended on when and where, according to God's timetable of his program for times and seasons, There was an open door during the church age, but not as many people as we would have expected became safe. But then during the second part of the Great Tribulation period, the Lord ministered um, an incredibly wide open door, a great and effectual door of utterance through the sending forth of the Bible in a worldwide proclamation, one final push to get the word of God out to the nations of the elect, the nations of them which are saved, that they might hear and become saved. And God did all that and completed his program, his salvation program, that magnificent program that he had been actively involved in for thousands of years, came to a close, and the Bible indicated the same Bible that told us a great and effectual door was open, the very same Bible, using the very same methodology of how we came to know God was saving a great multitude during the little season of great tribulation, the very same Bible testified and witnessed that at the end of the Great Tribulation, the door closed. God shut the door to heaven. And that was that. There would be no more salvation taking place of the soul. The first resurrection had been completed. The the saving of spirits had been completed. Now the elect of God wait for the second resurrection, the resurrection of their body, which is... Part of God's salvation, it, it is an aspect of his salvation. So the elect are looking forward to the completion of their salvation with the day of the resurrection. But as far as the, um, the soul existence, God has finished that work and completed it. Well, let's go back to this verse in Genesis 6, verse 16. And again, in the middle of the verse, it says, In the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. And and the door, again, is Christ. It's um, the portal, the entry into the ark meant deliverance. Noah and his family would enter through the door, and they were spared. They did not die in the flood. The rest of the world did not enter in through the ark's door, and they perished in the deluge. They they were drowned. Uh, They they were compacted beneath uh, all kinds of debris. And, And they died under the wrath of God 
because they did not trust the word of God, they did not trust his preacher of righteousness, Noah, they, uh, or the Lord Jesus Christ, they did not trust the warning that God gave them, and therefore uh, they uh, knew not these things until they actually experienced them. Then they knew the judgment of Jehovah. But it or it can all be traced back to their failure to enter into the the door of the ark. And it's interesting where God set the door. He set it in the side of the ship, in the side of that vessel. Uh, it wasn't in the forefront. It wasn't in the aft. It was set in the side. And that's typical uh, for ships. When when you board a ship, they'll set up the plank and the uh, gateway, typically on the side. But still, God has his purposes in order to teach the gospel. He makes these kinds of statements. And we know that the ark represents Christ. Therefore, the door is, as it were, in Christ's side. And and that makes us think of John chapter 19 and verse 34. And, it, and this is when Jesus is on the cross. And it says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And the, the blood signifies the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he shed for his people. The water signifies the gospel that now can flow forth because Christ came and demonstrated the things he had done from the foundation of the world. And and according to God's timetable, it was now time to evangelize the earth with the church age and, and to send forth the word into the nations. And, and so the, the blood and the water came out of Christ's side and, and really through, um, that which came out of him in his side, the, the elect would be brought in through the gospel water, through the blood covering their sin. They, they would go in and out. As Christ said, he's the door and, and he saves and, and those are secure that go in and they may go out. It, it's either way. In Genesis, we know that God, uh, also made reference to Adam's side when he formed the woman. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 21, And Jehovah God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which Jehovah God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And the ribs are in the side. So God opened up the side of Adam, took a rib, and formed the woman. And and that... um, fits in with Christ's side being pierced and out came water and blood, the two items that identify with the gospel. And it's the gospel that saves the elect. And as the elect became saved, they formed the bride of Christ, the woman. 
the the woman or those saved the the bride of Christ and and the bride of Christ consists of every one of the elect they relate to Christ's side and likewise the door of the ark is in the side of the vessel that's where Noah and his three sons and Noah's wife and his three sons' wives entered into the ark through the side. And and again, uh, it fits with the language of the Bible concerning Christ being pierced on his side and, and the woman being formed on Adam's side as Adam is a figure of the one who is to come, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go on in Genesis 6.16. It goes on to say, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. So we, we see there were three stories to the ark and three would point to God's purpose. And, and it was his purpose to use the ark, uh, to deliver his elect, to deliver Noah and his family. And, and yet we can also learn from the language here, as God says that it had lower second and third stories. It, he does not say first, second, and third. And there's good reason for that, because once the flood would begin, and once the waters would would rise, the, the waters would lift up the ark, and that's what happened, until the ark went upon the face of the waters. But But obviously... All three stories were not above the waterline. The the ark um, had to penetrate the water surface, as all ships do. A, a portion of every ship is within, and that uh, portion of a ship or boat that sinks down into the water, well, it becomes the lower part of the ship and 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 so uh, it's very accurate what God is saying that the ark had um, three stories a lower second and third story shalt thou make it and and so once the water lifted up the ark a, a portion of the first deck or the the first story of the ship sank below the water while the other two stories would remain above or even maybe a portion of that lower story would remain above. So the ship was able to float and or sail along and and uh, it, there was no damage to Noah and the other seven souls or to the animals. They were not destroyed or even harmed by the flood. But in using the word lower, in using the Hebrew word lower, which is 8482, God is, um, I think, leading us to understand something. And, you know, it's something that E-Bible has uh, mentioned before, and, and we spent some time talking about it, uh, actually, sometimes in detail, and I've been a little surprised that um, really more people haven't 
um, seen just just how incredible a thing this is. It, um, well, I, I don't know what people are seeing. Maybe they do see that it's incredible. But the fact that the Bible teaches us that there is such thing as spiritual judgment, and the fact that the Bible teaches us in Second Corinthians 5, verse 10, that all the elect must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And the word appear is the word manifest or made manifest that's used of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and his period of ministry. He, he was made manifest. Uh, the actual payment for sin was accomplished at the foundation of the world, but his entry into the human race and his period of ministry and going to the cross and so forth was a manifestation, a demonstration, a living tableau of the work that he had finished, the atoning work from the foundation of the world. Well, likewise, God uses the same word in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, to describe the elect making an appearance before the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment seat of Christ is is the wrath of God. It's judgment day. That's when that occurs. Um, just just as the pouring out of the water in the flood was an expression of the wrath of God. It was a historical parable illustrating the wrath of God that that God would uh, punish sinners and. And we've, of course, seen this before, but uh, now we're going to think about it a little bit more and spend some more time with it. The ark, with its inhabitants, those that are delivered, the saved from the flood, they went through the same wrath of God. They went through the same water as all of the unsaved people of the world. That is, there wasn't a different water for them. The very same water that fell from heaven for 40 days, the water that opened up from from beneath, the water that came from heaven above, as God directed the earth into the pathway of um, tremendous um, uh, rain cloud in space, or however that worked out, the deluge of water came falling down upon all the wicked people of the earth, destroying them. The same water came falling down upon the remnant of God's elect, and and yet they were protected. They, they were safe and secure from harm because... They had gained entry by the grace of God, as Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. They had gained entry into a safe vessel, protecting them. But from day one through day 40 of the rain, they were on the earth. They weren't taken out of the earth. They weren't raptured. They were on the earth. The ark itself would not have lifted up, probably for a few days as the rain fell they they were right there where the wrath of god was falling experiencing it in the same way in in uh, in some fashion 
but of course in a different way based on their protection from it. Yet the the elect and non-elect, the righteous and the wicked, both experience the judgment. You know, uh, God tells us this is the case in Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs 3, it says in verse 16, And moreover I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. God judges the righteous along with the wicked. When he judges the wicked, the righteous are there. When he judges the righteous, the wicked are there. It's it's um, exactly as we understand it today that God has begun the judgment process, the final judgment of all the inhabitants of the earth, and left his elect people on the earth to go through it. They uh, They are alive and remaining as they go through it. Only they are protected. They are safe and secure in Christ. That's what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 26. It says in Isaiah 26, in verse 20, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Jehovah cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Come, my people, hide yourself. Hide yourself once you enter into the chambers and shut the doors for the little moment until the indignation be overpassed. That's exactly the picture of going into the ark. They hid themselves in the ark, and they were present on the earth all the while the the flood um, ravaged the rest of the earth and the rest of the inhabitants of the world. They were right there, only hidden and protected. And And by the way, hidden... Where, where God says, hide yourselves, he explains what that means in Colossians. In Colossians 3, in verse 3, For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Salvation hides the sinner. Salvation in Christ protects and hides him from danger and, and until an indignation be overpassed. And and presently, God's elect are hidden in Christ in the ark, as the ark typifies Christ, until this present period of God's wrath, indignation, is over with, until it concludes. But in the meantime, we are going through it. And, you know, we can avoid... Um, 
this this whole idea, we can avoid it. And maybe that's why uh, this hasn't been picked up, and uh, because this is a uh, an incredible thing. You know, th- this is a huge doctrine that God is opening up to us concerning the fact that He will leave His people on the earth to go through Judgment Day, and they are presently going through it. It's a huge doctrine that is, I think, very helpful to us, but it's also a doctrine that's grievous, that's troubling, because, well, you know, we to think that God is presently giving us the cup of his wrath, and he is, to think that God is presently uh, baptizing us with the baptism that he was baptized with, and he is, is not the most pleasant thoughts to have. We can be a little afraid of that and not want to really fully investigate and and find out all that the Bible can tell us about it, yet it's always better to know the truth. It's always better to know the truth. The truth is always comforting in a way and encouraging, and it is that which feeds us. It doesn't do us any good to hide from it or to avoid it, uh, to dismiss it in any way. What good would that do? We still, day by day, are being carried through the wrath of God, as it were, in the lower portion of the ship, the portion that is submerged, that the water is all around, and and we are um, going to go through this, whether we like it or not, whether we want to be aware of it or not, God's elect will be taken through this period of time. Now, I mentioned the the baptism and the cup of uh, wrath that the Lord Jesus experienced and that he said in future tense to James and John, the sons of Zebedee, when they desired to be seated next to him in his kingdom, Jesus said, "Show ye." Well, well, let's let's uh, read it. Actually, in Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty-two. But Jesus, Jesus answered and said, "Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with?" They say unto him, "We are able." And he saith unto them, "Ye shall, shall is future tense." It means it's something that will happen or that has yet to happen, but will happen in the future. Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. So so Christ is indicating that the elect will drink of his cup. and, And what is that cup? Father, may this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will but thine. It was the cup of wrath Christ was suffering in the garden all the way to the cross. And we will drink of that cup. And it was also the baptism 
he was baptized with. Now, take a look in 1 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 19. I'll start there. It says, By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime or aforetime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Now, listen carefully to verse 21. The like figure, whereunto even baptism, doth also now save us. The flood water is likened to, it's a figure of baptism. Baptism that Christ was baptized with as he suffered the wrath of God in a tableau. And, and, and the same word that Jesus said to his disciples, you will be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. The baptism, the spiritual baptism began on May 21, 2011. It's as though that's when the floodwaters came forth. Remember, that was the 17th day of the second month of the Hebrew calendar. The date God shut the door, the date the flood began. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.